I just want to start off by saying last week was a great day of worship, and we gathered here. It was Operation Christmas Child, and we assembled 116 shoe boxes. And uh, so, great job, GRX, well done. Um, these uh, shoe boxes are going to be going to the kids in Peru and in the Philippines and in Indonesia. And I want to actually give a special thank you uh, both to the core team, the Operation Christmas Child core team that gathered on Friday, and also to Reset, which is our middle school and high school ministry. They did a great job just preparing all the materials and organizing everything so that uh, we were able to worship and assemble those boxes last Sunday. Now today, uh, as you already heard at the beginning of service, is the first Sunday of Advent. And already it's November 30th and we're into December And the year has really flown by. But Advent, for us, is a special time in the life of the church. And it's marked by four special Sundays that are the Sundays that are all leading up to Christmas time. And that's why you've got on the side here, we've got these four candles. And each of the four candles will represent one of the four Sundays leading up to Christmas. And then on Christmas Eve, we light the white candle, which is the Christ candle, to symbolize that Jesus Christ has come into the world at Christmas time. And that's when we celebrate it. And so we've got a wreath here. Every Sunday we'll be doing an Advent reading, which will take us through the story of Jesus Christ and the story of Christmas. And today begins this series of messages on the person that we celebrate the person of Jesus Christ. And we're going to look at four messages out of a very familiar passage, which comes from the book of Isaiah. And it's often read at Christmas time. And it's a passage that foretells Jesus Christ. And so if you have your Bibles, um, you can turn to Isaiah chapter 9. Uh, and we're going to be looking at verses 2 through 6. This is a passage that um, traditionally was looked at and uh, read to commemorate when King Hezekiah was coming to the throne. But also, it foretells the birth of Jesus Christ. And I invite you, particularly as we read this passage, to pay attention to the names at the end, because these are the names that are going to be spoken and foretold about who the Messiah is that is to come. So Isaiah chapter 9, verses 2 through 6. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness, on them light has shone. For to us a child is born, and to us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father and Prince of Peace. See, in Scripture, names and titles evoke meanings. When you say a name, you say a title, you think of something. And that's actually pretty true even today in our culture. If I said these these names for you, Posey, Bumgarner, all right, what would that evoke for you? Right? Woohoo! Athletes, world champion giants, right? Awesome. What if I said these words to you? What if I said these names to you? Zuckerberg, 
or Whitman. These names evoke for us in this area industry leaders, right? They're CEOs, leaders of their companies, Facebook and HP. Or how about these names? In the world, these are famous names. Desmond Tutu or Mother Teresa. Don't they evoke for us these feelings of compassionate service among those with HIV and AIDS or for those who care for the poor and especially those in India? And so with Christmas time, there are also names that are associated and those names are associated with Jesus Christ who comes at Christmas and he was given these names, Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Each week for Advent, we're going to focus on some of these great names because they foretell who is this Christ? Who is this one that we celebrate and we await? Whose Advent are we awaiting at Christmas time? And the reason I'm really wanting us to focus on Christ at Christmas is because when I look around at the world and when I look around at the culture that we live in, it seems like more and more and more Christ himself is actually being taken out of Christmas. At the school where we're at and where our kids are at school, it's a public school. And, uh, you know, there's this big separation that's going on even among the schools where anything religious, they're trying to really remove that out of the schools. And so traditionally where there would be some kind of Christmas concert, you know, the school's not actually calling it that anymore. Maybe they're not even allowed to call it that anymore. So instead of a Christmas concert in the school, they're having something called a winter sing. And you, maybe you notice this in different places. The schools are allowed, I mean, this, this particular school, they're allowed to play Christmas music and Christmas carols, but they're not allowed to actually, they're not going to um, use the words. They're not going to sing the words. They're taking Christ out of Christmas. And, and I look around and I think, wow, man, where are the different places that Christ is being taken out? I mean, there's not, they're not even called in the stores anymore Christmas sales. They're called holiday sales. And they're not really called Christmas parties anymore. It's sort of a holiday party or a winter party. And little by little, I feel like as a, as a culture and as a people, we're moving away from Jesus Christ being the center. But here, in, here at GRX, on these Sundays, we're going to each week put Christ at the center. And this Sunday, I'm going to share a little bit about Wonderful Counselor. What does that mean for Jesus Christ? And then at the end of the message, talk about some ways that we might be able to put Jesus Christ at the center of what we're doing during this Advent season. So this idea of Wonderful Counselor, it's given to Jesus Christ as a title, and it was written in Isaiah some 700 years before Christ was even born. But it was foretelling that some wonderful counselor, some Messiah, some Savior was going to come for his people. Wonderful itself means something unexpected, 
something surprising, and something good. Pastor John Barrett understands this by saying that the Hebrew word pele originally means something uncommon. It's out of the ordinary. It's a phenomenon that's lying outside the realm of normal human experience. And it's something that can't be explained. And that's what we celebrate at Christmas time. That something completely extraordinary, something completely out of the world, Jesus Christ, comes into the world to be the light of the world, to show the way, and to guide the people who are living in darkness. You know, there's a story about a farmer. It goes like this. He was a farmer that was in the Midwest, and there was one winter time where it was really cold and storms were coming and going, and, and the cold in the wintertime was fast approaching. And then he noticed as he was standing there on his farm that he looked up in the sky and there was this flock of birds that was flying overhead. And he says, wow, these, these, these birds are kind of migrating north, but they're late. It's late in the season for birds to be traveling at this time of year. And then suddenly, a terrible storm rises up and completely engulfs all of them. The sky gets darkened, winds pick up, high winds, rain pours down, lightning and thunder are crashing down all around the farm, all over the place, and the flock of birds gets completely thrown into disarray as they're pummeled by rain and wind, and the flock begins to get scattered. And so to save the birds, the farmer runs out into the storm and he throws open the doors of the barn that the birds might have some place for shelter. But the birds in their disarray continue to fly around and are lost in the storm. And then the farmer says, I know what I'll do. And he runs and he lights a lantern and he hangs this into the barn that the birds might find their way in by seeing the light and flying in. But still, the birds don't fly in. And then finally the farmer thinks, if I could in some way transform myself so that I might become a bird and fly up among the birds and communicate to them and say, there's safety and there's light and there's warmth and there's healing in the barn. Come and follow me, and I will take you into safety. The farmer thought, if I could do that. Jesus Christ does this very transformation for all of us. It's in Jesus Christ that God, the Almighty God, becomes fully human. And it's when the infinite transforms and becomes the finite and the all-powerful God takes the form of a vulnerable, small baby to be a human, to walk among humans so that he might show us the way to safety. This is completely outside the realm of human explanation. And even more baffling, it is this Christ who knew no sin, who then takes on 
our sin so that we might become the righteousness of God. He is the way of safety. Jesus Christ is the way of salvation. And he is God. Wonderful in every sense of what that word is. Unexpected and surprising and good. But Christ is not only wonderful, he's the wonderful counselor. And the word picture from Scripture and from the Old Testament, the picture of counselor is the picture of a king who gives counsel for his people. It's like as if King Solomon in the Bible, whose wisdom and knowledge were renowned and sought by people from all over the world. He was a king who sat on his throne and gave wisdom and teaching and guidance to his people. And this is also Jesus Christ, the one anticipated, because it's in his life that he is known as king of the Jews and the king of our salvation, himself giving wise counsel, teaching, and guidance. And whether you're a Christian or not, people all over the world see Jesus Christ as perhaps the greatest teacher in all of human history, the one in whose counsel is sound. And for those who are followers of Jesus Christ, it is this Jesus Christ who is our counselor and our guide, the wonderful counselor, unexpected, surprising, good, with guidance for our lives that is also good. In Hebrews chapter 4, it says this about Jesus. Because he's human, he knows us, and he can understand, and he can guide us. It says this, Since we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weakness, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. And isn't this what we need in Jesus Christ? Mercy and grace to help us in our time of need. That is this light that shines in the darkness. Mercy and grace for a people who walked in darkness. We need this. Mercy, grace, wise counsel, salvation in Jesus Christ. You know, when I was a single person, and this is, this is many years ago, but as a single person, I'm going to share this story about how this counsel that I received from Jesus Christ really brought in goodness, healing, new insight into my, into my life. So I was a single person, and there was a time in my life where I really, really wanted to be married. And in this, I just felt like Jesus really gave timely counsel. It was a season in my life when I was really anxious. And um, I'll just say, it can be hard to be a single person. I mean, especially when others around you are married, and then when other people are having kids, and you're really happy for them. You're really happy for them. But if you're a single person and you really want to get married, that can be tough. That can be tough, and you go, wow, well, 
what are the things that I need to do? And so there was a time in my life when I was really anxious about it. And, um, and it, I would think about it all the time. And um, I'd worry about it. And um, I'd, I'd pray about it. And, but it was in the forefront of my mind. And day after day, and week after week, and um, it was just something that I, just, I was just worried about. Would I find the right person? Um, if, if I did this or I did that, would, would God lead me to the right person? And um, I began to even, when I would meet people, I would begin to kind of think, I, I get kind of that anxious anxiety feeling, that kind of that nervous, or nervous problem. And, and, and sort of as a confession, I, I always, I, I was never really great at talking with girls anyway. And, uh, and so just, to, you know, when you're anxious and you're nervous and you're like, oh my gosh, is, is this person going to like me? And do I need to say the right thing for them to like me? And how do I pretend that I'm not such a big nerd and kind of mask that, but I am a big nerd. And so how do I say something cool? And, you know, you just get kind of wound up and you wrapped up and you, and then, and then you, and then you meet someone who's a girl, who's a woman. And then of course you can't say anything cool. And, um, and so you're just, you're just nervous and anxious. And I was in that and for a season. And I was like, I just, you know, and, and when you're focused that way and you're stressed and you're anxious, you begin to lose focus on a lot of other things. And, and one night, I just completely see this as a gift from God. One night, I had a dream. And in this dream, I dreamt that I was um, at a wedding, and it was my wedding, and I was the groom, and I was all dressed up in this tuxedo, and I was kind of standing where the groom was supposed to stand, and, uh, you know, you know, there's music, and, you know, the whole thing, and flowers, and, and, and I remember, like, there was this, um, uh, the, the door opened in the back, and this person came down, and they were dressed like a bride. But here's the thing. I couldn't see this person's face. I was like... And then I woke up. And you know what? I felt like that was God's counsel to me saying, don't worry about it. And I woke up with an incredible sense of peace about that. I can't explain it, but it was simply a peace that passes understanding. And what it shared, showed me and where I felt like God's counsel was, was saying, I know you want to be married. I know that. And it's as if God's word to me was, hey, remember when I teach you in Scripture, Matthew 6, 33, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be yours as well. Seek first God's kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. There have been key moments in my life, critical moments in my life, such as dating, relationships, or decisions about job and job direction, 
when at these different times, in unexpected ways, the timely counsel of Jesus Christ has gotten my attention and then drawn my focus back to God. It would be easy to lose my way with the desire so much to be married and to be in relationship. My focus came away from living my life in Jesus Christ and living instead for the sake of finding a life partner. And for me to bring these decisions before God in prayer and to seek God's counsel, it creates a space for listening and living life and giving God a chance to guide and to lead. At Christmas time, tomorrow begins December 1st. It's easy for people to lose our way amidst all the activity, the end of year stuff, the rush, gift buying, busyness, Black Friday sales that continue on and on. It's easy to lose our way. And Christ becomes absent in Christmas time. So my question for us as I close this message is, how might we experience the wonder and guidance of Jesus Christ in this Advent season as we prepare for the arrival of Christmas? How might we seek Christ as the wonderful counselor? Hey, here are three ways. The first way, every day in this Advent season, Begin your day with the wonder of the Christmas story. You heard a little of that story read by Agnes and Bonnie at the beginning of service. Start with Luke chapter 1, and every day, read about 8 or 10 verses, and let the wonder of God who comes into the world capture your heart and read that story. And just let that story wash over you. So every day, begin with Luke chapter 1. The second thing, when you hear something out in culture, something that indicates Christmas, I challenge you to just pause just for a moment and reflect that it was the almighty, infinite God who in Christmas time chose to become finite The all-powerful God chose to come in the most vulnerable way possible, in the form of a baby, in order that we might know the way to safety and salvation in Jesus Christ, who himself became our sin and our punishment so that we might have an eternity with God in heaven. So anytime, this is the second thing, anytime out in culture that you see an indication of Christmas, just pause for a moment and say, God, it was you who came for the salvation of the world. And then the third thing, you might be here this morning and you might be facing something in your life where you need God's guidance on something. And I would encourage you to do this. I would encourage you to lay this thing out completely before God. Lay out your hopes about this. Lay out your dreams about this thing. 
this decision that you have, lay out your anxieties. Lay that all out before God. And then be as open as you can. Listen for God's voice. Listen for God's counsel. Listen for God's word for you. As it says in Isaiah, this also comes from the Lord of hosts. He is wonderful in counsel and he is excellent in wisdom. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus Christ, I thank you that you came into the world at this Christmas time and that we celebrate this Christmas time remembering, God, that you are our wonderful counselor. God, I pray if there are any people here particularly that need your guidance, God, I pray that you would be gracious and pour out your wisdom, pour out your counsel, and God, lead us in the way so that we might seek first your kingdom and your righteousness. And all these things, God, that we're worried about, God, that in your way and in your timing and in your goodness, God, may you provide. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.